four days from Christmas. Are, can y'all believe that? Are y'all ready for Christmas yet? How, how many of y'all are going out of town for Christmas holidays? Any of y'all going out of town? Just a few of y'all know that y'all are probably pretty excited about that. Um, but I like, you know, I enjoy Christmas, but, but as we are four days away, I know there are some of you, you're trying to get ready, trying to make sure that you have everything in line. Uh, some of you are, are planners. Uh, you want to know everything that's going to happen. You want to be ready. You want to know. Uh, for There's some of you who are probably wondering, what is the weather going to be on Christmas? Because I have a bunch of little demons, I mean little children, who are going to be coming over. And I want to know, are they going to be inside or outside? And then uh, there might be others of you, and you're trying to figure out, you know, how many are coming over because you want to have enough food for them. You want to make sure that everybody has you know, has enough to eat, all these, all these different things. But let me share with you uh, some good news. Now, for those of you who are planners, here's the good news. As many plans as you have, uh, as much as you think that you are prepared, there is going to be some unexpected twist that's going to cause your Christmas not to go off, you know, exactly like you planned it. Would you, do you think through experience, that, that do you think that's probably true in some way? That things just don't, don't always turn out the way you think they will. And I'm not saying that means it's bad, but you know, there's just that if you're a little bit on the type A side, you know, that's just not really exciting for you to even think about. And so what happens is many of us go through every Christmas season with Christmas surprises. And some of you like surprises, and then some of you like me, do not enjoy surprises. I, I love the story about a mother who had the flu. By the way, have you all noticed the flu's going around? Another reason why I love the holiday season. Uh, so this lady, the mother's got the flu. She's lying in bed. She's sick, feels terrible. Her five-year-old daughter comes in and brings her a hot cup of tea. And so the mother's like, oh, great, you know, no telling what this is going to taste like. So she gives it to her. And the mother says, thank you, honey. It's so sweet. She takes a drink of it, and it's good. And she's like, this is great. She said, how did you know how to make tea like this? And the little girl looked at her mom and said, Mom, I've just watched you do it. And so I've learned how to make tea. And she goes, well, it's really good. She said, well, I made it just like you, except for I, I couldn't find the strainer. And so I had to use the fly swatter as the strainer. Now, the mother was like, you've got to be kidding me. She goes, Mom, don't worry. She goes, I didn't use the new one. I used the old one. Now, when I hear stories like that, I am reminded more and more, I do not like surprises a whole lot. And so I just want to, you know, just to encourage you with that story, let you know that there's going to be some unexpected twists and turns as you are trying to be prepared for Christmas. Now, today in our passage of Scripture, we're going to see Joseph, a guy named Joseph, had made some plans that he was hoping to see fulfilled. Of course, you all know who Joseph is. Joseph, and you, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 1 today, in verse number 18, Joseph was going to marry this lady named Mary. And Joseph was making plans for that marriage, but as we get into Matthew chapter 1, we are going to see that there was a major, uh, major interruption that kind of changed everything about the plans that he had. And I just want you to see that as Joseph and Mary had an unexpected interruption on what would turn out to be the very first Christmas, I want you to understand that there is a chance as well for you that there will be an unexpected interruption in your Christmas as well. And so the question is, as Christmas comes around, how can I, how can I enjoy Christmas regardless of what comes 
and be able to enjoy what it means. Well, we're going to look in Matthew chapter 1, verse number 18, and we're going to see that Mary and Joseph had great plans. They're going to get married. As you read through Matthew chapter 1, you're going to see that, that Mary and Joseph, they were, out, they were upstanding young people. Uh, if you look through it, it says that they were people of good character. Joseph, as you go through this story, you find out that he is a man who has strong convictions. He is a man who is filled with loyalty. But in the midst of, of their planning for this marriage, the unexpected interruption is a, it's a major hiccup. And it's when Mary goes to Joseph and she tells Joseph, Joseph, I'm going to have a baby. Now you have to remember, they're not married yet. You have to remember that this was something that was, that was rather earth-shattering news. Now I know in our culture today, we hear something like that and say, well, what's the big deal with that? I mean, people, you know, people have, have babies outside of marriage all the time. As a matter of fact, 40% of all births in America take place outside of wedlock. And so we say, well, that's really not that big of a deal. But in this day, it was a big deal. It was a big deal for a people who wanted to honor God, a people who wanted to be faithful to God. And so this was devastating news. And then, of course, if Mary goes around telling people, well, it's, I, I miraculously conceived. I mean, nobody's going to believe that, right? And so that's going to be hard to grasp. So this is a major interruption. And so the question for us is when we have major interruptions, how do we deal with them? Uh, as we approach Christmas, how do we deal with major interruptions in our life? And I think we can get a pretty good picture of this through the life of Mary and Joseph. And they, they give us a couple of steps or a couple of tips to be able to survive interruptions. And the very first tip I want you to see here for survival is this. Understand, just simply understand from the beginning that your best laid plans are going to be interrupted. Your best laid plans will be interrupted. Now, look with me in verse number 18. It says, the birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered that they came together, that before they came together, that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And so her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. Now let me give you a little back, bit of background information about what marriage was like in in this culture. It was a two-step process. There was an engagement or betrothal, then the actual you know, than the actual marriage itself. And you say, well, we do the same thing. Well, it was a little bit different. When you got engaged during this day, it, you, you basically were married. Uh, now, you didn't live together. Um, you, did not, you did not sleep together. You didn't do any of those things. You lived apart. But if you wanted to break off the engagement, you had to go through like a divorce proceeding. And so engagement was something that was very serious. It was a, it was a testing time to see the commitment of one person to another. And so it wasn't just like a simple little engagement, oh, we'll just call it off. I mean, it was, you were basically married at this point. And so here are Joseph and Mary, they're, they're engaged, now they're legally married, but they're not living together. And so at this time, as they're getting ready to get married, I'm, I'm sure they're just simply going through the process of preparing for the marriage, which would take place after they got engaged about a year later. And so I think, I mean, I think about what do you do when you're preparing to get married? Now, back in this day for Joseph, I'm sure he's trying to make sure that they have that place to live. 
that they have all the things that they're going to need in their family whenever they do get married. I would guess that Mary is getting excited and she's preparing for the marriage. I don't, you know, I don't know if they did wedding. I doubt they did wedding invitations back then, but maybe she's writing out cards and she's trying to make sure that the right people will be coming to the wedding. Now, at the time, Mary would have probably been anywhere around 14 to 15 years old. Uh, Joseph would have been a guy that was in his 20s. And so they're preparing for the marriage, and then the major interruption happens. And what happens? Now, what's the major interruption? She comes to Joseph, and she tells Joseph, Joseph, I'm going to have a baby. Shocking news. Uh, This is what I would call a major interruption. Now, as we approach Christmas, sort of dismemberment, I don't think any of us are going to have any kind of shocking news like this. Uh, If Emily comes to me and tells me she's with child, I'm jumping out of a window. But I just want to tell you this. I want you to tell tell you that, that this interruption is something, interestingly enough, while it was scary and while it seemed bad, where did the interruption come from? It came from God. And I want you to know that if God is willing to interrupt the plans of Mary and Joseph like this, my feeling is that you and me are fair game as well. And there could be some interruptions that come into our lives that while they seem disruptive and while they might throw a monkey wrench into everything that we're trying to do, they very well could be interruptions that are coming from God. You see, we can make plans upon plans, trying to prepare for events, trying to prepare for the season, but it could be that the plans that we have are not the plans that God has. Now, we are told in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, that God's ways are higher than our ways. We are told what kind of control we have over this life in James chapter 4, verses 13 through 15, it says, Today or tomorrow we will travel to such and such a city, and we'll spend a year there, and we'll do business and make a profit. But then it says, But you don't even know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be, for you are like a smoke that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you should say, If the Lord wills, we will do this, or we will do that. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. When it comes to plans, whose plans do you think ultimately are going to be fulfilled? Do you think it's going to be your plans or God's plans? Now, I'm not a, I'm not a betting man, but if I was a betting man, I'm, pu- I'm putting my money on God's plans being fulfilled over yours and mine. I mean, he is the creator of the world. He's the one that knows everything that's going on. And so I'm going to put my money on God. And yet too many times we want to ignore the plans of God and try to push through and ramrod our way through because that's what we prepared for. And we don't want to listen to anybody else. But when we do that, we are missing out on the blessings of God. We're missing out on what God wants to do through us. There was a, a young man that went to a foreman from a logging crew, and he asked for a job. And the foreman said, well, I'd love to hire you, but I need to know what kind of work you can do. And so he gave him an axe and why don't you go over and cut down that tree. And so the young man grabbed the axe, and he just, I mean, he went to work on it. And he was young and strong, and within just a matter of minutes, he felled the tree. And the foreman was impressed. He said, man, he said, you're starting Monday. He said, show up Monday, and you got a job. The guy shows up Monday, and he goes out, and he begins to cut down trees, and he is, I mean, he is whacking them down left and right, doing an incredible job. But, but when Tuesday comes, he cuts down less trees, and then thir- uh, Wednesday comes less, Thursday comes, he's, he's near the bottom of the pile. 
and how many trees he's cutting down. So the foreman calls him into his office. And he says, I've, I've got your check for you. And the young man said, well, I didn't think we got paid till Friday. He said, well, we don't. He said, but I'm letting you go. He said, why are you letting me go? And he said, well, your, your work has diminished every day. He said, now you, you're cutting down trees, uh, less trees than everybody else out here. I, I, can't, I can't keep you around. I guess that's impossible. He said, I'll work harder than anybody else here. He said, I worked through every break. I haven't taken lunch one time this week. And the foreman thought about it for a second. He said, let, let me ask you a question. He said, have you sharpened your axe? And he said, I sharpen my axe. I don't have time to sharpen it. I guess I think that that is the way many of us are going through life. You see, if we are going to be in, in communion with God and we are going to hear the voice of God, it's so important for us to spiritually sharpen our axe because if we don't, what happens is we just continue to go through life and we're just whacking away at it, not accomplishing a whole lot. And God the whole time is calling to us with his plans and the directions that he has for us in life. And yet, because we are not sharp spiritually, we're not hearing his voice. And so that's why my, my encouragement for us is to, to keep our spiritual act sharp. And so the question is, well, then how do we do it? And I think there's some basic, simple things that we can do. I think that's important for us to, to take time to hear what God has to say in his word. That's why I say it's so important for us to read scripture. To take time to see what he has to say. I think that's why it's so important for us to keep our spiritual act sharp. And that, that we pray and we talk to God and we communicate with him. And we ask for his wisdom and his guidance. I think that's why it's important that we come together corporately to worship. So that we can place our attention and our focus on the things of God. And just simply acknowledge him. And then don't get frustrated whenever there are interruptions in your plans. Now, now, why is that? Well, because it very well could be that God has something better for you to do. Again, Isaiah 55, 8, 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, when Joseph's plans were first interrupted, you know what Joseph, the first thought he had? Was, i got to get rid of Mary. He said, I've got to break off this engagement. I have to divorce her. And that's what it says in verse 19. It says he thought about secretly divorcing her. But because Joseph, when he saw the interruptions, because he was willing to listen and submit himself to the leadership of God, he went ahead and allowed his plans to be changed, and he went with it. And there was a great blessing that came. What was the blessing? That he was actually, how strange is this? He was actually going to get to raise the very Son of God. He didn't miss out on God's blessings because he listened. Because he allowed the interruptions to come into his life. So what can we learn from that? Well, for me, I think that the first tip for, tip for survival this Christmas is to understand your best laid plans will be interrupted. And if I, if I kind of understand that, understand that just because I make plans doesn't mean that they always happen. And if they don't happen, then that means that somehow the world's conspired against me. It makes life a little bit easier for me. But there's an, another tip for survival when my plans are changed, and it's, it's this one. Get God's take on the interruption. When an interruption comes into your life, my encouragement for you and for me is, where is God in all of this? Is, is God involved in this interruption? Because if he is, then I need to listen. Now I want you to look with me in verse number 20, and we see an example of this. It says, but after he had considered these things, 
An angel of the Lord uh, suddenly appeared to him, this is Joseph, in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which translated means God is with us. And when Joseph got up from sleeping, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but he did not know her intimately until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Now, the turning point in all of the story, is, it comes in verse number 20. And if you look in verse number 20, it says, after he had considered these things. Now, the question is, what was, he consi- what was Joseph considering? Well, you have to remember what, what had happened to Joseph. His, his fiance had come to him and said, Joseph, I am I'm pregnant. And Joseph understands he had nothing to do with this. And it says, so Joseph considered these things. What was he considering? He was considering divorcing her. But as he thought about it, now you have to remember, especially during this time, when people found out, especially the religious leaders of the day, they found out that Mary was with child and Joseph wasn't the father, then by law, they had the right to stone her to death. Now Joseph loved Mary, he cared for Mary, and he didn't want to do anything to disgrace her. And so he was considering, considering secretly putting her away, divorcing her. But he took time to think about it. And as he took time to think about it, it changed everything for him. Now, this is not one of the traits that, that a lot of people have, and this is not one of the traits that I have. I, my, my, whenever I take time to consider something, it is usually in a split second. You know, I've been gifted when somebody says something, within a split second, I have words that are coming out of my mouth like a flock of doves, and I cannot get them back, you know, and they just sort of just jump out of my mouth, and and it's, most of the time, it's not, uh, believe it or not, it is not wisdom that is coming out of my mouth. Now, we, we would all serve ourselves and other people better if we would take time, like Joseph, to ponder these things. You know, when the interruptions come, to take time to step back without immediately reacting and say, wait, what, where's this coming from? Could it be that God is trying to say something to me? You see, we'd be wise to see if God is involved in the interruptions. You might say, well, well, how can I do that? What are some steps I can take to do that? And I think there's three, three different words that, that can help us, that can help me. And the first one is just simply to pray. And to pray as an interruption comes into your life, as a frustration comes into your life, to simply take time to stop and pray. Say, God, I don't know what's going on here. But Lord, would you, would you help me? Would you give me guidance? Lord, I pray that, that you will control my reactions so that they are not just strictly from emotion. God, I pray that you, will, that you will direct me and help me to have wisdom. You know, obviously prayer is, you know, prayer is a good thing, right? I mean, we all, we're in church. Of course we won't say that. Prayer is a good thing. But the Bible says it. We're told this in James 5.13. It says, is any one of you in trouble? You know what it says after that? He said he should pray. 
You know, if you were in trouble, did you know that it's, it's a wise thing to take time to pray? So, so pray. Another thing is perspective. When an interruption comes into your life, have a little bit of perspective and say, okay, is this really that big of a problem? Because I, I, I believe in, in my own life what I do is I spend $100 of worry on a $5 problem. Folks, as Christmas comes, if you have not scrubbed out the bathtub before company arrives, let me tell you, that's a $5 problem. You know, it's, it's not worth, it's not worth $100 worth of worry. So, so look at perspective. And then the last thing I want to encourage you to do is, is to understand that there's providence. There is the providence of God in any interruption that you face. You know, providence means to see beforehand. God knows everything that's going to happen before it happens. And so that should bring some comfort to you and to me. Whenever I I step back and I take time to understand, there is nothing that ever catches God off guard. Now, I'm not saying that everything that happens comes from God, but God is never surprised. And when I understand that God knows what I'm going through and he knows what I'm going to go through in the future, then that makes the interruptions that take place in my life a little bit smoother. And yet whenever we respond with a knee-jerk reaction... Guys, a lot of times the things that that come out of our lives are not exactly what you would call wisdom. See, the more information we have, the better the information we have and the better decisions that we're going to make. There's a story of a lady named uh, Mrs. Monroe. She had nine children, and she was, obviously when you have nine kids, you're just tremendously busy. And so she had gone grocery shopping and left the kids at home, and when she came back home, uh, it was quiet. Now, if you have, obviously that was a, a wonderful thing for her, but if you have nine kids and you don't hear anything, it, something's up, you know, something's not right. So she starts getting a little bit nervous, and she's walking around the house looking for the kids. Well, she walks into the living room, and she saw five of her kids sitting in the living room playing. And so she got a little bit closer to see what they were doing, and in the middle of their circle, they had formed a little circle, is there were five little of the cutest skunks you'd ever seen. And so they're sitting there playing with the skunks, being really quiet, and it freaked the mother out. And she starts yelling, run, children, run. And the kids jumped up in a panic, and they grab the skunks and start running out of the house. Now, as they are running out, she yells again, run, kids, run. And it it made them so nervous, they end up squeezing the skunks. And when you squeeze a skunk, good things do not happen. Now, that is, that, to me, that is a pretty good example of what happens to many of us. Whenever we are facing interruptions in life, whenever our plans are dashed, we've got to be careful. And we can't respond with simple emotion. We can't, we can't respond when we have inter- interruptions that come into our life where we begin to panic. Because when we do that, we have a tendency to squeeze the skunk. And whenever that happens, good things don't happen when you respond like that. Now, look at Joseph. Joseph has an interruption. What's the interruption? His fiance says, I'm going to have a baby, and you ain't the dad. Now, it would have been very easy for Joseph to respond emotionally and become tremendously angry, but, but what did he do? He took time to think. He took time to ponder these things, and when he did, it was then that God spoke to him. And our text today says that God gave Joseph a dream, and in the dream, he told Joseph, said, everything's going to be okay. In the dream, he let Joseph know. He said, this interruption is something that has come from me. And whenever Joseph considered the interruption and he saw that God was involved in it, it was then that he decided that he would go with God's plans. 
See, it was during the interruption he understood that Mary was an honorable lady. It was during the interruption that he began to discover that she had conceived through the Holy Spirit and he realized the blessing that he was going to have, which is that he was going to be the one who would raise the very Son of God. And so the question for us today, as we approach Christmas, when an interruption comes, how are you going to react? When things come that you have not planned for, when things occur this season that you might not even be ready for, then what are you going to do? How are you going to respond to that? You see, because the chances are that, that, our, that our Christmas and really our lives, they're, they're going to take unexpected twists and turns. But when that happens, here's what's a real possibility. It could be that those twists and turns are happening in the midst of your plans because God is trying to say something to you. Isn't that interesting? That God very well could be trying to speak to you. Now, survival tips, I think they're, they're, I think they're very important, especially during this time of year. This time of year, I mean, we all, every, nobody says, I hate Christmas. We all like Christmas, but yeah, if you're honest, isn't it, isn't it a crazy time of year? It is busy. It is hectic. It is, it is a, it, in some ways, it can be even traumatic. And so as we are going through this, this kind of crazy time of year, the question is, well, how do I survive this crazy time of year? And I look at Mary and Joseph, and I see how they survived. One of the things I see is they, they understood their best laid plans were going to be interrupted. And then the second thing I see is that God's take on the interruptions you face is tremendously important for you to consider. You see, whenever God interrupts our plans, there's something he's trying to accomplish, that he's trying to accomplish in your life. For Mary and Joseph, their plans were good plans. Nothing wrong with their plans. But when God interrupted their plans, he interrupted their plans because he had plans for them that were even better than the ones they had. And his plans were to change the history of the world through the birth of Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that your interruptions that you're going to face are going to change the history of the world. But guys, those interruptions very well could change the history of your life. It could change the history of the lives in your family. See, there's a chance that some of the twists and turns that you face this coming week and the days ahead, that there are twists and turns that come from God. Now, my belief is there's some people, we need to have our lives interrupted. And we need to have our lives interrupted by God. You see, God has a desire to be involved in your life. God has a desire for you to know him. He has a desire for you to invite him in, to allow him to be the Lord of your life. And it could be that you've been laying plans for a long time that have just simply been for you, that have been, been for you to benefit from. And it's been all about you. You're number one. And God wants to interrupt your life because he knows that his ways for your life are better. And he has more to offer. Now, he doesn't force himself on you, but he does call for you to respond to him. And so my encouragement for some of you, some of you is to simply allow God to interrupt your life. Could be some of you need, simply need to pray and talk to him and say, Lord, I, I want you to be involved in my life. I want you to have charge of my life. I want you to rule my life. There are others of you who are, who are believers, 
who have a relationship with God. But as you as you look at at this time of year, you see all the deadlines that are that are around you. You see all the stress that is around you. You say, you know what? I, I just need somebody to pray for me. I'm stressed out. I'm tired. And I don't know what to do, but I'd like for somebody to pray for me. Love.